Good morning, everyone. I'd like to um, ask a question, please. Could I see by a show of hands anyone who has ever seen or heard of, now pardon my Dutch background, Volkswagen motorcycle? Anyone has ever seen, I tried this on my wife and I had some idea what response I'm going to get. Anyone has ever seen or heard of a Volk, let's do it Aussie way, Volkswagen, no Volkswagen, motorcycle. Stunned. Well, that's not the point of, you know, whether you had heard or seen it or not. I saw it on American Pickers. I love that show. But anyway, the point of me doing that is just to show or demonstrate uh, something that I read somewhere or heard along the way that in the Middle East, in Jesus' time, and I think even today, when someone uh, begins a talk in the marketplace, and it says while the people were gathering, uh, the speaker or the storyteller or the person might say, might ask a question and say, have you ever heard this? Or listen to this one? Or what do you think of this? And so they'd start with a thing or whatever they want to say. So maybe Jesus began like this and said, have you ever heard about this? What do you think of it? A farmer went out to sow his seed. Some fell on the path, hard surface, a surface was a disaster. Why? The seed died instantly. More seed fell on ground that had lots of stones and rocks, bits of useless stand, sand. Within no time, this seed too was dead. Another disaster. A third lot of seed fell on the ground that had lots and lots of thorns. Thorns, seeds, plants choked to death by the thorn plants. A third failure. Now, that's three lots of seeds in three different lots of circumstances. Three disasters. But the fourth one, the fourth lot of seeds, a resounding success. Lots and lots and lots and lots of produce. Now supposing at this point, the crowd, all the people there said to Jesus, hang on, before you tell us about the, uh, the one that had success or the one where there was success, before you tell us that, please tell us a little more about what happened with the others. Are there any more details? Could you explain, please? Please explain. Anyway, as we already heard earlier, the seed is the word of God. The soil is the heart or the heart of the person or people to whom the word is given or spoken or told. Three types of bad soil. Let's look at the three types. The first one, verse 
13, or is it verse 12 of chapter 8? Now, Jesus is beginning to explain. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes it away from their hearts, so they may not believe. Now, you might or might not know that the Anglican Church doesn't like to talk too much about things in terms of the devil. But in this case, Jesus says, it is the devil that comes and takes it away. The devil does something to them and uh, takes it away from their hearts. And I learned and read somewhere, it was said that when you believe, you believe with or in or through your heart, first of all, not so much through your mind. And then afterwards, it goes from the heart into the mind. And St. Anselm, if my accent gets in the way, A-N-S-E-L-M, Anselm, St. Anselm said, I believe in order to understand. I first believe that I might understand better. First the heart and then the brain. Jesus says in this morning's reading, the devil takes away uh, the word or the result from their heart. And the result, no growth, no growth. The second lot of soil, verse 13, those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it. But they have no root, they believe for a while. But in the time of testing, they fall away. They receive the word with joy. They are so happy about it. They get into it. and This is what they've always wanted to do and so on for a while. And then suddenly, something happens. I came across this one. Some of you might have heard it before. And I thought this might be a good sample or example. And it goes like this. And I've edited it a little bit to make it shorter. Many years ago, Dr. Billy Graham was confronted by a situation where his friends cast doubt on the Bible as the word of God. He and two other evangelists were taking America by storm, filling stadiums, sports fields, and huge halls having amazing response to God's word. Billy Graham was very much the youngest of the three. But then the other two approached Billy, proclaiming that they needed to go back to Bible college and really study the Bible. Why? Because it could not all be interpreted in a literal sense. They said some parts in the Bible should be read as one does folk tales. And that only gave Christians an idea of what they need to believe in. So it's not all the word of God, these two blokes said. As a result, one evening Billy Graham felt confused, agitated by what those two had said. So he went out into the forest took his Bible, 
placed it on a tree stump. Then while kneeling, he prayed and made a pact with God, saying, Lord, I don't understand everything that's written in the Bible, but I make a choice. I choose today to believe your word over and above anyone else's opinions. Please help my unbelief. And then the comment, which probably belonged to uh, the fourth bit of soil, but we'll get there again. Billy Graham became the greatest evangelist in recent times, with literally millions of people listening to him speak the word of God and many subsequently deciding to serve Christ. And by the way, I was fascinated because in this Diocese of Brisbane, I had about four or six different priests or ministers come to me at different times and say, you know, the reason I became an Anglican priest was because of Billy Graham. After he came to Australia, I decided to go forward for the ordained ministry. Anyway, in terms of the bad soil, comment is made that the fate of the other two evangelists who started doubting the word of God, the fate of the other two evangelists who did not believe God's word make for grim reading. And coming back to this morning's gospel, remember, these two did receive the word of God with joy and believed for a while and preached about it or on it for a while. But then, even in the sort of a probably faith that they had, strong faith, they fell away. The third lot of soil, Luke 8, verse 14, the seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. And the little bit of dangerous knowledge that I have of the Greek in the Bible, the, the Greek original reads something like this in terms of this situation. These people who fail in that way, or this type of soil, they allow, and, and this is the sense from the Greek words, they allow God's word in them to be driven along, choked to death in the process because of or by their anxiety, their worry, the care for certain things, undue care, undue craving for wealth, riches, making money, pleasure, enjoyment. That comes out from the Greek language. And as I saw that, I thought, ooh, isn't one allowed to have some pleasure in life? I mean, I love karaoke, but we won't go there. <laughs> and I thought to myself, I think it's a matter of one finding your own balance, finding what, what's good for you and what is not good for you in those things. Your own discipline, your own rule of life. And something about this reminded me of something else that I read. And this is a good place in this spot to see if everyone is still awake. Hands up those who've ever heard of Gonville French Beta. I'm so glad no one has. 
At one time, he was, and you, you might say, oh, yeah, but that's South Africa. In one time, at one time, he was the dean of St. Mary's Anglican Cathedral in Johannesburg. But I read about him, well, I first read about him in the newspaper there because he was arrested by the special branch for being too involved in the political scene, as some Anglican clergy were. But that's not what, what caught my eye or my memory in this respect. I read that he had shared a flat with someone in Sydney. So, he, so I thought, oh, he's Australian. But yesterday, I went to that unreliable, reliable source, Google, and I was amazed, absolutely amazed to find something about his background, that he was born in Shanghai, China. His father was Irish. I thought, oh, no wonder such a surname. His father was Irish. His mother was South African. He had his schooling in England. He was kicked out of agricultural college in New Zealand, Waitangi, for misbehavior. And he was a rebellious young man, prone to misbehaving and not at all taking notice of authority or anything like that. But his flatmate said about him, and I read this in a book on spirituality and personal discipline. His flatmate said, when I met Gonville, he was this rowdy young man, we shared this flat in Sydney, and Fridays and Saturdays he used to drink like anything. But every Saturday night, as midnight approached, he stopped. Because tomorrow is Sunday, he said. But wow! Now, I don't know if saying that in a church gathering is a good way of saying one can have discipline or personal discipline. Because I was fascinated when I heard that about him. Of course, the other thing that I also saw on Mr. Google, which I was fascinated about, is that that Gonville actually had, many years before that, he had a religious or a spiritual experience in the cathedral in Johannesburg. And I had a bit of a giggle because it said there that he found himself in the cathedral, alone in the cathedral, on Christmas Eve before the services. The dean had locked the doors to keep drunken people out. And there he was sitting and he had this whatever experience he had. And after that, to cut a long story short, the Bishop of Johannesburg encouraged him to train for the priesthood. Fascinating story in terms of his background. The fourth type of soil, you remember there's a fourth one, isn't it? You've remembered, haven't you? The fourth type of soil in which, uh, soil in which the seed fell, or rather the fourth kind of person who hears the word, verse 15, but I'm sure you'll remember it. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart. And as I read that, I thought, noble and good heart, what is that? Noble and good heart. We hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. Again, a bit of the Greek words. The experts say the Greek sense of the words suggests this sort of thing, that the word finds a lodging. The word, the seed, the word finds a lodging in place, in the place of a good heart, or rather in the good heart. 
Again, the Greek language picture also says this is an honorable sort of person. And all these words come evidently from the description of the soil that they get this thing of uh, a lodging place, a good heart, a noble person. Such, such a person or those kind of people produce fruit, not only good fruit, but they maintain their faith with steadfastness. And I thought maintain their faith such as Billy Graham did. He wasn't going to give up. He found a way to say, I believe this is the word of God. And in terms of that, that's one reason why churches gather and why we gather to worship. Just the other day, I don't know if you saw this program on TV, I won't give all the details, but they spoke about this man up in Cairns, wonderful person, has been going round to the farming areas and rural areas for more than 30 years uh, to go and take them groceries and he obviously sells it, veggies and so on. And he says, this is the, um, the godly duty that I do. You don't need a church. Oh, you don't need to go to church. But this is the reason why we gather, to maintain the faith. And I've always been fascinated with Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. It reads like this, well, from verse 23. Let us hold unswervingly, hold on to the faith we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not only hearing the word, but doing it as well. Not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. Absolutely amazing. Maintaining the faith. Keeping the soil fertile. And that's also why many good churches have regular Bible studies uh, and that sort of thing, that steadfastness, regular Bible learning, learning the ways and methods of God. And part of the psalm that was read earlier, I love that psalm. Very, very long psalm, but every half verse of the psalm emphasizes the word of God, the law of God. Uh, the guidance of God and so on. Lord, help me to do this that I may obey your word and so on and so on. Learning more and more about Jesus. And that business of a lodging place, it reminded me of my childhood days once again. My grandparents and aunts and uncles and the neighbors often had lodges. This person had their own room. They lived there, they stayed there, went to work and came back, always in their room. And I thought, ah, the picture of the Word of God having a lodging place in the heart, that room there, and strengthening the person. And in the middle of today's Bible reading, let those who have ears to hear, hear and so on, it is said that Jesus said that to emphasize that we are not only to hear the word and take it in, but we are to do it as well. And something like Billy Graham, but not only that, not only just any, or not only an evangelist, but ordinary people who belong to churches who go out of their way 
year by year by year, day after day, to support the church, to help the church, to do little bits of things and so on in the church, to be on rosters, all of that also putting it into action. And um, in terms of worshipping and so on, daily Bible studies, I don't know, some people read, have their quiet time, they do every day with Jesus, word for today, lots of little booklets around, and these days lots of apps around, and it reminded me of one little story I came across. A lady at church said to me one day, she said, you know, me and my daughter went to Thailand on holiday, and we looked around for the church, and we saw a church, I don't know if it was Anglican or Catholic, but anyway, we went to church, and in church were people sitting, and I, you know, I was taking part in the service, looking on the screen there, the words, and they were on their phones. And I said to my daughter after the service, that's rather disrespectful. Throughout the service, you were on your phone. And the daughter said, Mom, I was following the service. It's on the phone. I was reading the Bible reading. It's on the phone. We can get the Word of God almost anywhere these days to be built up in that and in terms of being the good soil. Little prayer. And when Charlie, when you pray that prayer at the beginning, I thought, that's the prayer that I was going to say. So let's pray. Indeed, we thank you, Lord, for the power of your word. And we pray, Lord, that where we find it difficult to understand, by your Holy Spirit, you will continue to teach us that we may bear much fruit to your honor and glory. Amen.